0: Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome everybody, episode 99 of One Man's Opinion. Welcome to the podcast that continues to sweep the nation. Ladies and gentlemen, hopefully celebrated a happy and healthy 2022, New Year's Day, New Year's Eve 2021. No rearview looking. No rear view on this show. Yes, sir. We'll look back a little bit. I want to do a sort of end of the year recap. We'll get to that. We'll recap week 17 in the NFL, fantasy football, daily fantasy football. A lot of personal stuff to divulge on this episode. And I've got the number one thing y'all are looking for. I know what you're looking for. You think I don't know, I know you. I know what you're looking for. And Pappy has brought the goods for you on this episode. Today, we're going to break down incentives for NFL players to perform in week 18. If you've been listening to the Serious XM show, by the way, my name, in case you stumbled upon this podcast, is Jeff Manns. You hear me weekday afternoons, Serious XM's Fantasy Sports Radio, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. I host the Elite Sports Show. Uh, every single weekday, there. Also, the SiriusXM XM Fantasy Football Pregame Show with Bob Harris on Sunday mornings. Uh, you could find me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. So that's my stuff. Also, of course, fantasyguru.com, elitefantasy.com, elitesportsbetting.com there as well. But if you've been listening to me on the radio, and we appreciate you coming over here. Listen to what I got to say. Uncensored. Remember, put the kitties away, put your earbuds in. This is a uns an uncensored podcast, meaning I will curse. I'm going to use the worst of the worst swear words. Okay. It's also not sensitive. If you're one of those people that are sensitive to somebody who disagrees with your thoughts or beliefs and all that, this podcast, probably not for you. Let's just be fair with that. But, um, I'm not responsible for the things I say. Oh, I'm responsible for the things I say. I'm not responsible for you being a sense of bitch. That's what I'm not sensitive for. That's right. Better put the kids to bed before that one came out. Um, a lot to talk about. So the, I am, if you've listened to the show, I'm, I believe in week 18, formerly known as week 17 fantasy football should be played all the way to the end. There's no excuses around it. The excuses, some of you believe still exist. are not true. They're fairy tales that our forefathers taught to us. If this was 2006, if this was hell, if it was 2010, I would probably agree with that, with those of you who said, "Oh, weeks 18, nah, nobody plays, everybody rests." No, they don't. That's just bullshit. It's I don't know if it's an excuse to uh, not work or not play. I, I don't know why you. I th- would think most of you enjoy fantasy football. Why would you not want to play it to the very end of the season? Um, if you were to rank the most important weeks of the NFL season. And even if we did it, if NFL coaches did it, if the NFL themselves did it, okay. It, they, week 18 would be a top five week. So one of the most important weeks, one of the biggest emphasis that there are. So this idea that there's not um, some idea, uh, not incentives for people to play is just bullshit. That's a lie. It's just something that perpetuated from years ago when the NFL used to not have bye weeks and then they did have bye weeks. And then they had a crappy schedule the last week and it didn't really matter. Now all it's all divisional games. It's all every single team is playing for playoff positioning to make the playoffs, to not be eliminated from the playoffs, to move up to for draft positioning and and all that what i'm going to bring to you on today's episode is something i haven't been able to get to on the sirius xm show and that's contract incentives for week 18 who is contractually who who has incentives to go out there we all know the antonio brown incentive clause that he absolutely blew up last week um, still as i record this t- antonio brown is still a member of Tampa Bay buccaneers despite bruce arian saying he's not a buck which is just weird That's a weird situation but Antonio Brown could have made like a million dollars extra if he would just would sort have of played and just even played regular and he didn't do it. That's wild, but there's a lot, a lot of incentives. So I'm going to go through it. I've got the incentive contract incentives for money players that need to hit certain numbers in order to, and that they're closing in on. I've got incentives for um, milestones, thousand yard rush thousand yard receiver, all these numbers for you. I've got that broken down. I've got history. I've got the records that are up for grabs in week 18 across national football league. So I'll bring all that to you here today. I will do survivor. I will do our, my favorite bet of the week upset special of the week as we normally do as well. So um, let's buckle down. Let's get into it. I've got some Ask mans, anything questions loaded up as well. Thank you to those in our elite discord, contributing a lot of these questions for us today so i'll get into it 2021 is in the rearview mirror i am a i just realized this about myself i'm not really a resolution guy okay i'm not a pet peeve guy i'm not a resolution guy except that there are things that bother me and thus i guess i do have pet peeves and i do make you know new new make resolutions let's just say i do it i do it internally i'm not posting them on fucking facebook or twitter or some bullshit like that's not the way i roll um but i'll tell you this i've said this many times and those who listen to this podcast understand more about me i hope and you understand that i've said this many times and i really believe it and i hope it's true for a lot of you out there because i well you know i want you to be happy i don't know My way is the right way, but I believe we're all evolving. The human race as it stands, we're not complete. We're not done. The idea that we're a finished product is laughable. I think it's weird to hold each other to such high standards. That's what makes the cancel culture thing absolutely hilarious. How many times do you see somebody that goes at me? It happens to me all the time. People try to cancel me. They, um, you know, whatever something I say, and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna get you." And I'll, uh, I usually just go, "Okay, I'll go to your timeline. What do you got there, fella or madam?" And all of a sudden, I see a bunch of shit—not all political, somewhat racial, anti-religious, you know, so, something along. If I scroll enough, I'll find something, and then I'm like, "Yeah, fuck off." Okay, like you're just, just all—we're all hypocrites and we shouldn't be but we are let's try to do better all that's all we can do and for me like as we look at 2022 i've got milestones i've got goals i've got resolutions i want to be a better me every day i say this this is to my middle-aged dudes and ladies out there for that matter uh, anybody listening it, everything's okay nothing is as bad as you think you're getting older i'm getting older Don't try to be younger. I find that to, for me, I think that's pathetic. Don't try. I don't want to be the 25 year old me or even the 35 year old me at this point. What I am is just fine. Do I have the, uh, uh, athletic prowess that I used to have? No, no. Does my knee click when I go up the stairs and my shoulder pop in and out when I toss the football around with my son and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, can I hold as much booze as I used to? No. I don't have that kind of tolerance Am my little edgy or do I forget something? Yeah, absolutely. The, the, and would I like to have all those things fit into perfect place? Absolutely. Would love to, but it's not real. It's not, You only things you can do is f- lie or manipulate the truth or have plastic surgery or, you know, whatever, all these bullshit things that you can do to try to pretend you're not getting older, but, the fact of the matter is, you're you are, and we are, and it's okay. I want to be what am I, 44? I want to be 44. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy this period of my life, even though you know this life's dealt a shitty hand. You know, I'm going through an illness right now. I'm sure I'll talk about it in the, the days to come on this podcast. I'm pretty outgoing with it. I had my first uh, um, doctor visit um, just you know, th- yesterday, the day before I'm recording this and you went back and I'm going through another thing, which is fine. You know, it, it's, these things happen. I'm not the only person in the world going through it and I'm going to battle and everybody's has their own battles. And that's the place you want to be. If you're not living in the moment, if you're hung up on what you used to be or something, you you know, you're going to do yourself damage, I think be happy with where you're at and know that, you know what, I'm going to get better and think of some things that you can get better at doing. For me, um, I'm going to, you know, I'm always trying to balance the work and home life situation. I do way too much work. Uh, You know, we counted the hours recently and I work 116 hours a week. Um, Imagine that like that's a week. That's a lot of time. If you really just, Uh, you know, break that all down. I work roughly almost five straight days. And people are like, how's that happen? You must not sleep. No, I do not sleep Sleep two to three hours a week or two to four hours, depending on the day, uh, a night. And I don't get much time during the football season. And then I get, you know, work about about half that, a little more than half that during the baseball season, the off season, which feels like, uh, you know, feels like a nice gravy train for me, even though I'm putting in 60, 70, 80 hours. um, That's just the way it is. I would like to balance that. I would like to streamline that. I want to do better work, though. I want to do less work, but better stuff. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, more stuff, more things that all of you who subscribe to our services, Elite Fantasy and Fantasy Guru elite sports betting listen to Sirius XM and the one man's opinion podcast I want to do more things that you guys like and want to streamline get get more centered more grounded um and I will it's my work in 2022 is essentially going to be up to all of you it's going to revolve around what you guys want the most because I want to provide I've told you there's a lot of things that I grow frustrated with Travis Kelsey at tight end paying up for tight end in DFS. And I, I don't know. I feel like I've let you guys down because I can't get through to you. I know it's the right thing to do. And that's not a question. It's not one of those. Well, maybe, no, I'm absolutely positive. 0.0% percent Um doubt in my mind zero i know it's the right thing to do and i just can't get through i try to explain it several different ways during the year hopefully this offseason, i could find a way to break through but talk to more directly to those of you talk more direct more teaching as well i, I think there's some things that i want to do i want to get much more involved now that daily fantasy and sports betting are legalized in arizona where i live it's just opened up a whole new world i'm doing quite well and betting on the nfl it's the fourth straight year for me of betting full-time every single week on the national football league and i am very proud of the fact that i've had 55 or higher every single solitary year um i'm proud of that 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 i'm doing well continue to do well at it and I'm going to do more of it. As a matter of fact, I think they this playoff season. I'm going to get into more in-game betting. I've been doing it. See, the thing is, I start doing things weeks, if not months, sometimes years. Like look at the smash report for Major League Baseball, things like this. I've I've done this that for years. And I but I, I don't let it out. I don't talk much about it i allude to it i keep it under wraps until i'm sure it can help people so i don't want to just come up with some fucking idea and be like hey everybody, you try this well, well it didn't work what are you gonna do no I, I like to battle test my stuff i think that's what's made me a good provider and analyst over the years um, so i've been working on stuff and my in-game betting is something i've been doing all year but really been doing since Thanksgiving I talked about that sitting around with my family and I was able to show them like okay here you know let's do this let's do this. here's how we're making money and it's one of the first times like I say my family is not sure what I do for a living I don't think they really grasp it they know the radio show I don't they don't understand any of that you know they probably I thought I don't know it's long story but it was one of the first times my family looked at me like oh, holy shit like, how do you do this? And I'm just making money. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I am. That's what I can do. This is my skill. I can't do anything else. I I can barely bathe myself these days, but I can do this. And when it comes to football, when we're watching a game together, I will be, I can tell you guys, I used to do the good cam or bad cam Newton back in like 2017, 2018. I'd be like first drive of the game. I will tell you. Good Cam Newtons here, bad Cam Newtons here. And it was fucking dead on. Those of you who've been riding with me for a while, you know it. I was able to pinpoint it. Uh, the Crabtree Whisperer. Crabtree going to have a good game or bad game back in you know, 2018, 2019. You know, all these little things. I can tell you by watching. It's a skill that I have. And I think that the biggest way to make money, It's like it's a legitimate cheat code. Because daily fantasy season we draft a seasonal fantasy team we make our bets you know we make our bets or plug in our lineups during the or before the games i should say before the games but in game is the only time where you can somebody who knows this game and and could tell the way a matchup's going in the trenches what coverages are doing you know how players look the way the game's being called both by the referees and the coaching staff and say, Oh shit, we need to do that. Here's this game's going to be high scoring. This game's going to be low scoring. This kind of stuff. I have did this in college football, all bowl season long too. And have been making really good money stack and win stack and win stack and wins. So this is something I'm bringing to the table in 2022, and it starts. It's going to start with the playoffs. Those of you who are EliteSportsBetting.com subscribers, uh, if you're a fantasy guru or elite fantasy, you want to add the betting, just email us support at support@EliteFantasy.com. Say so you want to add the betting for NFL betting. Fuck man, it's I think it's twenty five dollars the rest of the year for the playoffs. I mean, come on, fucking just do it. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be in our Discord. I'll be watching the games, not all of them, but I will watch all the games, but I will be live with you guys. I may do some of these voice chats and things like that where I will break down these games for you. If you give me one game, I'm watching Kansas City-Denver on Saturday night, I'll tell you straight out what the fuck's going on. I, mean, I know this stuff, folks. And we can make money instantly with the betting side of it. If you're in a state that's not legalized, totally understand Totally get it. Hopefully you guys get it uh, very soon. We're fortunate in Arizona. Thank God it finally passed. But um, a lot of states opening up, New York and Florida, Maryland. It's pretty awesome to see across our country. So um, that's one of my things for 2022. I obviously want to get my health under control. I want to get better with that. I want to be able to, um, I just want to get, healthy could be able to do things and it's been a while for me and someday i'll I'll do a whole show talking about my struggles and what exactly i go through um but it's been a long road and it's been tough that i can't quite do everything a normal person can do as far as like you know travel walk around like i have like you know there there's Things I've been going through for a while, and I'm hoping to clear all this shit up in 2022. One way or another, I'm battling it, and we're gonna fucking we're going at it. <laughs> one winner will emerge in this year. So that's stuff on the personal side. Uh, I want to get better. You know, I I work on. I want to work on friendships. I want to work on leadership. I think that I've failed as a leader in some capacities here at Elite. Um, one of the things that happens to me. I've told most of the team members or I think all the team members are currently still here. uh, This, I I get into a tunnel during football season where I'm just working. And like I said, those hours are real. Family sees it. Wife knows it, kids know it. Friends know it. Coworkers know it. People see it. And I get into a mode where I don't come up for air and I don't do enough managing and mentoring and helping and assisting with my co-workers i got to get better at that something i've got to do you know and just got to be better for that i got to be better with the subs you know i'm very fortunate i want to shout out um i want to shout out everybody but rich mulatto and um ted schuster and ray flowers and tyler beaker and Armando marcel cj kaltenbach and uh, Russell Clay and now see now I'm going to leave somebody out. I'm going to feel like an asshole Jedi pred um, in our chats, and, you know, and there's, and there's many more of you that are subs that help out as well that are just fantastic. Clay Harned um, prime um, Andrew Primo who hates me, but secretly loves me, but hates me too. You know, all like you guys have no idea how important you are to me and, what you do for our people. If it were up to me, I would just fucking just spend all day and my whole work would just be sitting in the chat rooms and answering questions and building lineups and helping draft and helping bet and doing all that kind of stuff. Like that would be the whole day. Right. But um, you know, we got to get out there and we got to market and we got to be on the air and do shows and stuff that I do love to do. But without you guys, like I need that kind of help because I'm not good I'm not in the chats as much as I need. I would like to be just because there's only, you know, I talked about the amount of hours and I love the fact that I have a crew that I trust and and respect and who have not only my best interests at heart, stay true to the rankings and projections and the work that I do put their spin on it as well, which is great, Mm -hmm. but they also have all the interests of our subscribers and that's a good atmosphere. But the problem I have, and where i want to grow is i need to tell these people that better i need to be better at informing them and, and you know and commending them and this kind of stuff where i get my head in the sand and like it's fucking february and then i come out and i'm like hey who's ready what's going on everybody you know i'm finally back in the world again you know i'm wearing i'm it's 1995 and i'm wearing my fucking uh uh um you know uh with a fucking leather jacket or something. what's a John Travolta, the fly collar. That's it. You know, I'm so, I'm like, where that. I'm like, Hey, Oh, we're, we're not doing this anymore. Shit. And that's sort of where I'm at. So I want to get better with all of that. All right. So that, those are some of my resolutions there, obviously from a fantasy perspective, betting and DFS, I talked about on the serious XM show. My, the DFS stuff is fascinating because it's officially a different game now than it was two years ago, we know we have such an advantage. I think that's our biggest advantage that we have. I provide anywhere is in D- daily fantasy football because we don't play against people anymore. We're playing against optimizers. The world has gotten lazy. Everybody, everywhere. You guys know it. You see it in your own lives. Many of you are very lazy nowadays as well. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm saying I get it. You, you, we pretend we're being efficient and all this, but really we just don't want to do all the hard work. We pawn off things and you know, it's, it's fine. Now, no judge, judge for his own, but that's what the world has become. And in DFS it's everybody just wants to plug in a thing and press a button and say, fuck it. Our subscribers are people that want to work people that love elite mafia and elite fantasy.com. Um, you guys are the ones that put in some work you get in the chats you dig around you read some articles you watch the shows you actually put in effort and you have no idea how big of how big of an advantage you have if this was the win rate type stuff it is unbelievable how big of an advantage you have going forward against these optimizers optimizers don't they they can't pick up everything they don't understand matchups they don't understand the contract incentives that we're going to talk about today they don't understand like i said corners that go down offense linemen none of this is. they're as good as their projections and projections are like assholes everybody has one most of them stink it's what it is so i wouldn't want anybody using only my projections I do projections for DFS, for ceilings, for baseline. I do all this shit. I wouldn't want, I don't want, there's a reason I never talk about it. You ever notice? There's some, some of my work that I spend a lot of time on that I don't even really talk about. You wonder why? Because I, you know, I understand some of you prefer it. I get it. So I, we, we offer it. We do our good job and I'll put ours against anybody else's. But I don't think that's the way to win. I just don't. So retooling and recalibrating, I should say, our DFS process is an important thing for me this offseason. Seasonal fantasy, you know, building depth is going to be a big thing going into 2022. Having top-end talent, sure, but really maximizing the depth of your squads, usable players, And, and not just, I hate saying usable players. What I mean by that is players that, it's always about systems. It's always about schemes, but go deeper on that within that team. Don't be afraid of going in a little bit deeper because these are the players, the Eli Mitchell's of the world, the um, Amon Ross, Saint Brown's of the world, fucking Jalen Waddle. Even, you know, these types of players are real winners. They're winning championships for us. And yet, you know, on draft day, you're kind of scared to go down to that third lions wide receiver and so on and so forth. But you know, digging up these gems are important. That's in seasonal and embedding. I, I talked about it. Just staying ahead. Finding the best numbers is a key thing, too. Um, you know, hitting timing of player props when the props come out and the juice is low and you find that handful of player props that you really like hammer them and don't be afraid to go deep. Don't be afraid to use alt lines. That's another thing I've learned in 2021 alt lines and alt spreads, you know, put the number don't fuck it. We don't, we live in an age where we don't have to go by what Vegas sets Dallas, Philadelphia over under a 43 on FanDuel right now. Fuck it. I don't like that. You know what I want to do? I want that to I want that game total to go down to 40. Uh, I'll take 40 and a half at minus 140 or something. You can set it to what you want. And then you could p- combine them together in parlays and, and take some of those and and build up money and get plus th- money, plus 300 on every dollar you bet. If those these are smarter things. These are better ways of betting. All right. Um so those that's my my take for the 2022 season. So there you go in there. Uh, I want to say one other thing while I'm talking retroactively. Um, I want to talk about something. Uh, Let me talk about Sirius XM. I'm going to talk about my career there and specifically one guy who I owe my entire career to. And that's Matt Deutsch. Matt Deutsch is a friend. He's it was program director at Sirius XM's fantasy sport radio Fantasy sports radio was Matt Deutsch's brainchild. It wasn't somebody else's idea that he took or was put in charge of. It was his idea. He pitched it for years. This is a dude that worked at WFAN in, in New York and worked at Sirius XM for years and just loved fantasy sports and betting and all this stuff. And he had the idea for the channel, and they kind of threw him a bone just because he's a hard worker and a go-getter. And he got the opportunity to launch the station in 2010. And he took it and he took it to the absolute top fantasy sports radio for m- entire 12 years. Now it's been on air almost 12 years. It's been a top five overall station. And I'll say top eight because there were some dips uh, overall station at Sirius XM. This is a very, very immensely successful channel. And I mean, I remember hearing it and w- when it first launched, I was, I, I heard about it cause I was in the industry and I was doing podcasts and things like that. And I tried to get on and it was no dice, you know um, you know, only a couple people, they weren't 24 hours and all this, but I remember listening to some of the first shows on there and saying, Oh my God, this, I, this, there's not a better fit in the world. I love the radio. I love broadcasting. I listened to the radio. I love fantasy sports. I was in the industry. This was what I needed to do in my life. And uh, I just, there's a, there's a backstory I'll talk about another time. I don't want to make that the focus here, but Matt Deutsch gave me that opportunity. And with it, he changed my life. I was still working my other jobs. I was side hustling for the first six years of my career in fantasy sports like I would leave another job race home and then you know do the the shows or whatever even when I started at SiriusXM but I was hired as a baseball replacement show and we did a good job on that I remember when the football schedules coming out for that first year um I think it was 2011 and I was not going to be on I wrote a very heartfelt letter uh, to Matt taught. I, t- I t- showed him took pictures of my setup at that time, my house in Illinois, where I had a whole basement that had, I think at that point I had four or five television sets and I had everything like lined up and I watched as many games as I could. And you know, I, I had a whole setup. And what I did, and I just said, I'll go on the air. Anytime you want midnight, 2.00 AM, I'll do game day or non game day or I'll do anything, any, whatever it is, I'll sweep the freaking floors, just put me on for football and he called me, and I could tell it was like a feeling out, like, eh, "Do you really know football? Like, you're a baseball guy," which is funny looking back, because now people think I'm only a football guy. Um, but he gave me a shot, night times on Sunday on, on game day, or actually it was Saturday nights at first, and then like a couple weeks into the season, somebody else dropped off, and I got Sunday late Sunday nights too, and it was like, "Oh man," you know, and that was just it, and that's I built to where i am now pretty successful show and host on the station and and, you know i don't get anywhere with that without matt Deutsch believing in me it didn't didn't even have to believe in me because he almost fired my ass a couple times and rightfully so that's another thing it just if matt Deutsch gets rid of me after you know a year and a half i did some weird shit i used to do weird bits and i know some of you guys are playing them in the discords they're freaking hilarious i used to be an actual fun guy if you can believe that um the world has hardened me but you know he didn't fire me after that steve cohen didn't fire me after that i remember going into steve cohen head of uh, the sports programming's office and you know had critiques for me and you know he, I was 30 something, but I thought, you know, I'm feeling good. You get on the air and you think, Oh, people love you. And people like it. You, and you're, you know, but I wasn't shit. I wasn't any good. And Matt and Steve and these guys, they helped me. They gave me advice, slow down, give some pause, relax, have passion. They love the passion. They love the energy, but do it in a way, lay it out better, plan better. Don't come up, you know, everything off the cuff is great, but once in a while, you know, these little tips that I take with me to this very day and they made me, I'm fortunate. I mean, I'm just a guy, folks. And, you know, I, I have a passion for this stuff, but I really look at Matt Deutsch and them as the lump of clay that molded me into what I am now. And I think I'm a pretty damn good broadcaster, and good at this type of work. And, you know, giving me the opportunity and staying with me. It changed my life, changed my family's life. Um, I think it, I, I believe this channel in general created opportunities for so many people like me, all the names, you know, from that station and other businesses like where I was at before with Fantasy Alarm. It gave us all credibility and it gave us an opportunity is really what it did. And then, so he, he left SiriusXM, he's going out on his own and doing his own thing. And my goodness, I, I could not respect it more. I wish him the very, very best. He is grown into from a boss to a very good friend, a very good friend. And um, I look up to him always. And my goodness, it's just, it's heartbreaking when leaving, but you want your friends to do the best thing and you want them to be happy in their lives and their journeys. That's what true friendship is not rooting against everybody all the time. I hate that. I think in our business, we do that way too much. We root against everybody instead of for one another. There's no reason somebody else's success can't feel good to me. And uh, Matt Deutsch being here at SiriusXM is the best thing for Jeff Manns, but him leaving is the best thing for Matt Deutsch and Jeff Manns, the friend has to love that and respect that, you know, And, and I do, I really do. And um, it's just a big hug, big heartfelt thank you to Matt Deutsch for everything he's done for my career in, uh, in broadcasting and the fantasy sports industry. It's just been phenomenal, and we wish him the best absolutely going forward. Um. All right. So let's get in some Ask Commands Anything questions for this week. Then we'll get to the uh, incentives. I'll go through survivor picks and all this kind of stuff. Let's get over here. Uh, I'll go to the Discord, EliteFantasy.com. That's where you guys have um a lot of this stuff. Let's see. Want to know about playoff fantasy football leagues? I love playoff fantasy football leagues. Uh, my favorite to play is the one and dones so you could use any player one time but once they're eliminated they're gone so like if you wanted to use patrick mahomes travis kelsey tyree kill daryl williams or Clyde O'Donnell, or whatever it, you could use all of them in the wild card super wild card weekend right you could use all of them but once they move on let's say they win and they move on that's it they're gone now, let's say you think, okay, I don't want to. I'm going to save the Chiefs because I think they're going to make it further. And then the Chiefs are eliminated in round one. Well, that's it. They're off the board. You don't. You can't use them anymore. I love that way. I love it. And next week on this very broadcast, I'll be going through strategies. And once we know the official seeding, I'll go through it. I'll make my playoff predictions, which I think is the first step of all this. Make your playoff predictions and then sort of backtrack it to who you use in the first round and who you don't use. Those are my favorite. The FFPC, myffpc.com uh, has a wonderful, it's where you have to pick one player from every team. So you pick whatever chief you want, whatever Packer you want. You want Adams, you want Rodgers, you want Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, want to be different. You know, whatever. you get one player on each team and you have a 12 team. So t- t- two teams are technically left out, but you have a 12 team, 12 player lineup including defense and kicker, by the way. So, uh, and then that's the points you get for the whole year. It's a, it's a great setup. I'll be planning that use the promo code elite, um, with that as well. My FFPC promo code elite, actually fantasy guru. Uh, if you use that one, I think that will work too. So $25 off, it starts at like 35 bucks. So that's a cool one as well. Um, some people here in chat wants to know about RT sports player variety of playoff contests, as well, um, no restrictions to teams on your starters would be the best eight. Uh, yeah, I think that's yeah, RT Sports has great ones. I think NFFC has their own playoff contests. We will have a playoff contest for those. So, I want here's something I wanted to do. And this is just, for, I've noticed that some of the numbers of the podcast the last couple weeks has dropped off. So, you know, good. I totally expected with football season. Totally understand that. But for those of you who fucking stay strong and you're still here and you're still riding, I'm going to give you guys the opportunity to get into this listener league. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. I want to say, I gotta, I'm got i going to come up with a word. And I need you to use that word in a sentence, in a tweet to me, at Jeff underscore Mance. Okay, M-A-N-S and that will signify this is our secret signal that you listen to the podcast. How about that? Okay. So I want to do that. You could use the word. It doesn't fucking matter. You could just list the word. You could use it in a sentence. And um, so I'm going to, I'm going to make that word. What the fuck should I make the word? Now I'm drawing a blank. I had a good one. I'm going to, how about we use this word? How about we use the word? sock s o c k sock is the secret word use it in a sentence at jeff underscore mans i'll favorite it i probably will retweet it as well just for fun and um that will i'm not guaranteeing you a spot in the listener league we only have 100 spots available and we have been giving these out on serious xm 2 but i uh if you use that you have a very good chance of getting it so there you go. Those of you who who ride with us, that's what uh, we want to take care of you. So sock is the magic word. Oh, uh, it's funny. Can you tell I'm looking at my feet? Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's cold in Arizona. I can wear socks nowadays. Um, other questions from the chat wants we'll to talk about anything DFS building. Um, as we look at postseason DFS, yeah. I mean. No more cash n- – there's not a cash game atmosphere in the postseason because there's only one to four games on a slate, right? So um, six games technically. You know, six games you could play cash games. You can get by with a 50-50 lineup. But for the most part, I will be focused on, on big wins. So I, I make the money during the regular season. That's That's why the cash game doubling up, doubling up, doubling up, doubling up, doubling up. i hit a gpp i won a gp i I took 12th in a high high stakes gpp this past weekend um a couple thousand dollars you know yay i use that money now i'm gonna go for the gusto now i'm gonna play for the fucking big money 10 50 100 i i'm gonna go for it in the postseason. that's where i do it so when i am in that mode i'm trying to win a tournament i'm gonna go in with unique lineups i'm gonna go with some contrarian lineup builds if i think everybody's going to build the same type of lineup then i'm just i will use great play out similar players maybe but i'm gonna form it different where if everybody's using the same value player and they're going to combine it with the same pay up player well i will build a that's what they call stars and scrubs I will use a very midline line. I'll use mid tier options at every spot. If they use mid tier options, most of the way I'll go stars and scrubs. So it's the type of build. And then also I'll find the game that I anticipate to be the most competitive and thus drive up the scoring the most and, uh, and just hammer that one, you know, use players from both sides of that one. And, you know, if you want, if those players end up being higher owned, then I'll use some deeper pulls in other games. I'll, I'll go out and get a, uh, um, you know, guy, I don't know, Tyler Boyd or somebody who's you know, a good player that's just off the radar, right? And, and some of the, in a playoff situation where we have Rams and Chiefs and all these teams playing, I'll go and I'll throw an Emmanuel Sanders in there, right? Like somebody like that that's not crazy out uh, you know still a solid enough player but who will be overlooked that's it's the about the build of the lineup more than it is even the players um any big changes we look at for postseason DFS I think that's kind of along the same lines right there uh talk about this year's 10 top 10 high priced boom and bust DFS plays uh Tyree kill bust chase jamar Chase boom best consistent value I mean yeah there's we have a lot of time for some of that. I mean, Josh Allen's been fantastic, right? Josh Allen's just been so freaking steady at the quarterback position. Jonathan Taylor's been incredibly position, incredibly productive from the running back position. You know, um, players like DeAndre Swift been very boomer bust, Dalvin Cook's very boomer bust. Um you know, trusting you know, Nick Chubb kind of boomer bust. Zeke Elliott boomer bust. Joe Mixon boomer bust. There's a lot of boomer, you know, guys who've gone both ways. You want the consistency in DFS. It's okay to play the boomer bust players. You just got to get them on the boom weeks. You get that the thing with that. Let me let me get a different direction than this question wants. Instead of listing the players, what we need to know is why. Go back. And look at, so all the names I just read off, what I will be doing, I will go back and say, what was the common threat? And and for Mixon, I solved this in season. Same with Jamar Chase. I solved Jamar Chase. I'm disappointed that I'm not getting enough credit for that. and I'm a little disappointed that not enough people use Jamar chase. I used him in GPP this week. Cause I told everybody about, him. I said when they blitz a ton that I, I solved that in during the season, when teams blitz Jamar chase goes bananas, we solved that eight weeks in. So we got to play a whole second half. The problem is he didn't have a lot of blitz heavy teams till the final two weeks. And that's the one he had two monster week one, you know, ridiculous. And then he was overshadowed by T Higgins, but, that doesn't mean he did. he went over 108 catches that game too. It was pretty good. So, and then with Mixon the same thing. When it's a non-competitive game, Mixon was a beast. He when the Bengals were up, he would smash. When it was a competitive game, he was a disappointment. And that's what we got to do with all of these players. Find out the why. Why did they boom when they boomed? Why did they bust? Is our what are the common threads? And that's what you know, stuff that I put into our, our coaching breakdowns of fantasy guru. What kind of defense did they play? Is it three, four, four, three, 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 five? What kind of setup? What kind of co- coverages was it uh you know, cover three, cover two? How are they doing cover one single high safety? Are they playing with man, you know, uh, uh man, um press man coverage like Jacksonville did for half the season? You know, all those types of things. So there you go. Uh, We need an only Sandro appearance on One Man's Opinion. He's been on. He's been on once, but uh, we're going to get a whole behind-the-scenes that SiriusXM show with Phil, Sandro, Ted, Ray, myself, one of these days as well. So uh, we're definitely going to get into that. Uh, Other questions here? talking about content. Um, We'd love to hear you do the top 12 running back wide receiver tight ends going to I'll, I'll do that. I can't get to all that right here. Uh, I know Javante Williams is a guy I'm looking at. I cannot freaking wait to get to that um, breakdown of each NFL team and the needs going into the draft. Oh yeah. Well, coaching first, I announced this on my Twitter feed. Joe Lombardi needs to be the next head coach of the Chicago bears. Talked about that throughout the season. I think Joe Lombardi is the head coach. Joe Brady becomes the offense coordinator. Vic Fangio, once he's fired from Denver, comes back to the bears as defensive coordinator. He's the reason they got Khalil Mack. That's one of the best DCs in the business ties to the McCaskey family. Oh, by the way, Joe Lombardi worked with Brandon Staley, Brandon Staley got his start at coaching in Chicago with Vic Fangio. It all makes sense. Uh, Joe Lombardi is the grandson of Vince Lombardi, the Lombardi Trophy, Green Bay Packers, who's the Packers' biggest rival, Chicago Bears. Holy shit. This whole thing makes sense. Ryan Pace is the general manager of the Chicago Bears. Where did he work before coming to Chicago, New Orleans with the New Orleans Saints? Where did Joe Lombardi work for 16 years? Oh, by the way, he worked in New Orleans with the Saints. Oh, he also, Joe Lombardi, was the offense coordinator of the Detroit Lions. He coached in the division against Aaron Rodgers, against the Packers, against the Bears. He went 4-0 against the Bears. The last time the Detroit Lions won 10 or more games was 2014. Offensive coordinator was Joe Lombardi. Their best season in 30 years, everybody. So there is not a better candidate in the world than that. So things like that, I'm ahead of the curve on it, but once they announce their coaching changes and all that, we'll dive in. For sure. Um, Russell Wilson offseason trade talk. Uh, I'd mention, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is best fit for the Cleveland Browns. Where does Russ end up going? That will be interesting. Um, Here's what I think happened. I'll tell you what I think happens. Okay. I think Russell Wilson goes to the Packers. Okay. Went to school in Wisconsin. Big, big out there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers going to leave bring in Russell Wilson. They'll try to incentivize Devontae Adams to stay, but um, Packers will clear out all that salary, have enough to bring in a big-time quarterback. They have it slotted in. So, yes, Jordan Love may be the next guy, but, I mean, especially if the Packers win the Super Bowl, like, how do you just win the Super Bowl and say, all right, everybody's moving on? That's fucking dumb. But I, I look, I think Russell Wilson's looking at Green Bay post Rodgers. That's what I think. Uh, I really do. Otherwise, you know, depending on where Rogers goes, if he goes to Denver, like a lot of people are talking about fine, if not, Russell Wilson in Denver makes a lot of sense too. A lot of sense right there. Um, all right, so I think we're good the let's get through the incentives. I'm sure a lot of you are very much in it. a couple let's talk a couple of things. Um, number one, Con, our uh, contract incentives and, and what, you know, who, who is in line for what. And, and I think this is obviously a very important thing as well. We know that Tom Brady is incentivized. Uh, he's got, I think he needs 488 yards to use the, uh, to break the all time passer mark and, um, Yeah, 488 to break Peyton Manning's yardage mark for a season. That's a little too aggressive, uh, I think, there. But um, he's still incentivized that um, he gets a $500,000 bonus. If he's top five in passer rating, touchdown passes, passing yardage, completion percentage, and yards per attempt. Um, He's eighth in passer rating right now, so he's a little off that mark, 13th in completion percentage, 12th with uh, yards per attempt, but it's all kind of a stretch. You know what I mean? He does lead the league in touchdown passes and passing yards, so. Um, He'll get portion of that bonus. Aaron Rodgers is incentivized hundred thousand dollars. He'll make playing over 72 and a half percent of the Green Bay Packers snaps, but um, that's fine. He still has yardage bonuses. Uh, It's like 600 yards to finish in the top five. He's not going to do any of that. Russell Wilson is has incentives in his contract that hurt him um, $250,000 for being an offensive player of the year. Also as a $250,000 bonus for finishing the year with a completion percentage of over 66%. What would you know? Russell Wilson's completion percentage, 65.2. Oh, he's going to need to throw a lot to get that up, but it is possible going into this final week. Um, there's a ton of defensive guys that are incentivized here as well. I won't get into that. Let's talk about records for a moment. I mentioned Brady with the top record, uh, 480 yards to beat Peyton Manning. There's uh, Cooper cup. Cooper cup needs 12 receptions to, to, um, hit the all-time record held by Michael Thomas from just a couple of years ago. He also needs 136 yards to uh, 136 yards to break Calvin Johnson's mark. Um, to be the all-time record holder of eight or 1965, 1965. Of course, that means he needs 171 yards. So 136 yards from that, 171 yards for Cooper Cup to hit 2,000 yards and become the first receiver ever to do so. Uh, elsewhere, Jalen Waddle could set the rookie reception record with uh, from um, with 101 receptions. He's got 99. So. He needs three to break that record. He just needs one catch to hit 100 yards or 100 catches for the first, second time in NFL history from a rookie. Anquan Bolding holding the record, Bolden holding the record 101 currently. um, Jamar Chase has 45 yards to go for the all time rookie receiving record of 1,473, held by Bill Groman. It's been holding for 60 years in the National Football League uh, Kyle Pitts it doesn't look like Pitts is going to play He's really banged up he's only 59 yards away from Mike Dick's rookie tight end yardage mark of 1076 so some rookie marks here that are set to fall don't think Pitts is going to get there i think Waddle gets there i think Chase gets there the Cup definitely i think Cup breaks all the records i do i i think they Fucking everything is to Cooper cup 12 receptions. Yes. To break the record 136 for Johnson. Yes. I think he gets close to 171 yards. I really do. Other records to fall TJ Watt just needs two sacks to break the, uh, all-time record of, uh, 23 held by Michael or 22 and a half by Michael Strahan, Trevon Diggs three interceptions to get Lester Hayes, Mark of 13 doubt that one's going to happen. Micah Parsons who unfortunately went on the COVID list, uh, you know, to the rookie, he needs two sacks to beat Javon Curse's Mark. Don't think he's going to quite get there. But, um, you know, had that opportunity. So those are some of the record holders uh, thus far. Other milestone, lots of milestone bonuses to go here and things to look at that the NFL players are looking at. Tom Brady, 10 yards short of 5,000. He will get there, obviously, right? Uh, So so we're going to get to, we will get to that. Also, Matt Stafford, he is 352 yards shy of 5,000 for the season. He's done it once before, as a matter of fact. He can absolutely uh, do that again. So other uh, milestones, Justin Herbert needs 369 yards to get to 5,000. Derek Carr needs 382 to get to 5,000. They're playing against each other in the last game. Should be a shootout. Just hope that Jacksonville... Doesn't tie Indiana or uh, uh, hopefully that the, there's not a tie in the um, or Houston doesn't beat Tennessee and that leaves fucking the Chargers in Vegas both ends. so why do they have to even worry about it and then they just want to sit on the ball and uh, and, and not do anything doubt that will happen Joe Burrow needs 389 yards for five thousand doesn't look like Burrow's going to play anyway Mahomes 431 yards never say never to Mahomes but. 431, uh, shy of 5,000 on the year. Matt Stafford, just two touchdowns shy of 40 touchdowns. As a matter of fact, there's an incentive in his contract to hit the 40 touchdown mark. So if Stafford, if it's a 1.5 touchdown for him, by the way, this is the kind of information that the sports books are all aware of. So uh, if you find a sports book that has one and a half yard, one and a half touchdown mark for Matt Stafford, which should be the, that should be, that's the right line. You bet the over. Cause he's going to throw two. He's going to throw two um, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, Justin Herbert. They all need five touchdowns to reach the 40 touchdown mark. Um, no, you know, just Rogers leading the league has a incentive in his clause for that Rogers also has a hundred thousand dollars to be top three in completion percentage as well. So um, there you go with that yards per attempt for Rogers, a hundred thousand dollars there as well. So he's closing in He's second behind Matthew Stafford, but it is there uh, other quarterbacks. I think we're good on that running backs. Jonathan Taylor needs 266 yards to reach 2,000. Pretty tall task, especially it's not the most. Well, Jacksonville's an easy matchup, but tougher against the run than they are against the pass. Going to be a tough haul. Don't think he gets there. Nick Chubb needs 299 to hit 1,500 yards. There, Zeke Elliott, he is a clause in his contract for a thousand yards rushing. Needs that eighty-five yards shy of that one. Damian Harris needs one hundred eight yards to reach a thousand yards. Antonio Gibson needs one hundred nine yards rushing to reach a thousand yards. Eli Mitchell needs one hundred twenty-two yards to rush for a thousand yards on the season. Javante Williams needs one hundred forty-three yards to rush for a thousand yards. Austin Eckler, he needs one hundred fifty-three yards to rush for a thousand on the year now none of the only zeke has a contractual incentive there but it's big for all these guys to get to that mark and uh a lot of that Uh, elsewhere uh at the running back spot rex burkhead needs 103 total yards he gets $125,000 bonus as well so um you know that's pretty good i think that he is a good chance to get to that you know, in Houston, uh, you know, we'll see rookie quarterback. Does he give him the touches? Do the play callers give him that against Tennessee? We shall see. He actually, uh, ha- gets $125,000 as long as he plays above 30% of all offensive snaps. He's done that 33% of the time. So it should be relatively easy for him. He will be on the field and they hit that as well. So, uh, there's that Taylor Haneke, by the way, also has $125,000, 000- Clause in his contract for playing sixty um, percent of the snaps against the Giants this week, so all of that is um, on the table as well. As far as the uh, wide receivers are concerned, some milestones to hit. There, I mentioned Cooper Cup, one hundred thirty-six away from the all-time record, one seventy-one away from two thousand. Devonte Adams needs just two yards. For 1,500 yards, there is a clause in his contract gives him a $100,000 bonus for hitting that mark as well. So, you know, it's funny because he saw Green Bay said, oh, we're not. Rodgers, maybe that play. Devontae Adams still might play. Same with Jamar Chase. We're hearing, you could kind of tell that there's some sort of incentives here for these guys. Jalen Waddle's got a ton. I mentioned he is one away from 100 catches. He's two away from tying, three away from breaking the all-time rookie mark of 101 receptions in a season. He's also just 12 yards away from a thousand for the year, big milestone there. Marquise Hollywood Brown, 19 yards away from a thousand-yard season. Terry McLaurin, 40 yards away from a thousand-yard season. Mike Evans on this one is pretty important. 54 yards away from his eighth straight. 1,000 yard receiving season. Um, He's the only player in NFL history to do this for seven years. So to do it for an eighth, he's right there. Fully, fully expect him to get to that mark as well. Christian Kirk, just 61 yards needed uh, for him receiving to get to a thousand yards. Darnell Mooney. Has got Justin Fields back. We know Fields loves Darnell Mooney. He's 71 yards away from 1,000. DK Metcalf is 91 yards away from 1,000. Isn't that crazy that he has 12 fucking touchdowns and just 91 yards, nine or sorry, a hunt or eight. He has 901 yards receiving this year. That's just crazy to me. Um, receptions, uh, Hunter Renfro, just one catch away from 100, should get there easily. Uh, Stefan Diggs, six receptions away from 100. By the way, that 100 reception mark for Diggs, $1.55 million. Um, a lot of $100,000, 200000 that's a lot to you and I. $1.55 million is fucking a lot of money to everybody. And you bet your asshole, Stefan Diggs is making Josh Allen aware. Hey, man, million, $1.5 million uh, for that one. By the way, speaking of Diggs, he needs, there's crazy, but uh, he needs one point, or he needs 231 receiving yards to get another to to reach, uh, uh, I think it's $1,600 to get to another 1.5 million. So he's got $3.1 million on the line. Stefan, well, look at DFS y'all. Savon Diggs against the fucking jets. If he goes bananas, $3 million. So there you go. Uh, no, it's actually the numbers, 1375. That's weird. That's weird. But anyway, uh, so that uh, AJ green, he has a $250,000, a uh, bonus if he gets 10 more receptions this week as well so something else for AJ green um Marquise Brown needs 12 catches for 100 yards Brandon cooks 13 catches for a 100 yards there's a 150 thousand dollar bonus in his contract for getting to that mark this season um and then we got the tight ends uh, up in the air as well some tight ends that could get it now here's one uh, Mark Andrews needs 140 receiving yards to break Travis Kelsey's all-time record for a tight end. So, yeah, you know that's really in play. If you ask me, that that's in play for um, for Mark Andrews. Technically, 141 to break it, 140 to tie. George Kittle needs is 100 yards away from a thousand-yard season from him see who's going to be his quarterback, whether it's Jimmy G or Trey Lance. Looks like Trey Lance right now, but we shall see. Um, Mark Andrews, one catch away from 100 for the season. Travis Kelsey, 12 catches away from 100 on the season. Don't think Kelsey winds up getting there, which, by the way, this will also break. Travis Kelsey needs to uh, outscore Mark Andrews this week. And based on all the things we just heard, not likely to happen, but he needs to outscore Mark Andrews by nearly 30 fantasy points in order to not be the number one or lose his hold on six straight years of being the number one fantasy point scorer. Actually, Andrews is way ahead. He's actually almost 35 ahead points ahead of Travis Kelsey that week that Kelsey sat out ultimately doomed him from even having a chance at this. So it looks like the rain is going to end with Kelsey being only the tight end two on the 2021 season. There's nobody even close, nobody within 50 of Travis Kelsey for that spot. So going to be two. Um, All right, there we go. Those are the incentives. Hopefully they make sense to you. Hopefully you you get an idea of which players specifically are uh, incentivized this week to do very well. It's always interesting to see that a lot of teams pay attention to this stuff. They really do. It's, it's big time and there's big money to be made. And, you know, that's the great thing about football. All these players stick together and they all want to get paid. Fuck it. You know, there's money in the contract. Get them, get that money, baby. That's uh, that's just, they're all on the same side on that one. That's for sure. Um, Survivor this week. Let's see where we're at. We're good on time. Uh, Just over an hour already. Let's let's finalize this one. Get to the survivor pick of the week. Well, I haven't used the Titans yet. I have not liked the Titans all year. By the way, this is another stat for you all. The Tennessee Titans are set to become the first team in NFL history. They could. They actually could change. To have negative yards on an average per play of negative yards per play on offense. First team in history to make the playoffs with that. Yet, they're going to be the number one seed, which is fucking insane. Now, before you get all crazy, negative yards per play, about half the league does that, just so you're aware. It's not that crazy just in general, but it's crazy to be successful doing that and to be the number one seed, in AFC is ponderous. It's just absurd to me. So Tennessee, we haven't used yet, um, in our survivors, this uh, over on elite sports So if you have Tennessee, that will be my first choice. I do think an upset is possible. I don't think any of these games. now. Listen, Buffalo is going to beat the jets. There's not even a question about that. Indianapolis is going to beat Jacksonville. Not even a question about that. Okay. I think Kansas city is going to be Denver. That would be my third choice. No, not even a question. Tampa Bay over Carolina. Minuscule question, but that will happen as well. I'm assuming you've all used those teams already. I'm assuming you've used those teams. So I'm going to go. I will go with the, with the Tennessee Titans one. And my second team, uh, if you need to be different, I know you haven't used this team yet. Washington, Potatoes, soon to be named something else. On the 2nd of February, but what New York has stopped trying, they're not even attempting to play football anymore. So, Washington should win that game. That would be my backup choice in Survivor. My favorite bet of the week, hmm. Uh, you know, one of the I'll give you a game total that stands out to me right now. Um, and I'm seeing that points bet, and I'm seeing it at, um, Win bet, let's see, bet MGM, FanDuel. Yeah, this game total for New Orleans and Atlanta stands at 41 on some of these right now. I'm going to go under that 41. FanDuel has it at 40 and a half. Bet MGM is at 40 and a half. I'm okay going under 40 and a half if you have to go there, but we've tried to get the 41 number. I don't. I think Taysom Hill's a fine play in DFS. He'll get yardage. I don't look for a lot of scoring in this game. It's going to be twenty to thirteen, right? Maybe it's twenty to six. Maybe it's sixteen to ten. Like that. That's the kind of game this is going to be. Defensive struggle. Not a lot of points. Um, it's not. There's no firepower, and especially if Kyle Pitts doesn't play. That's why Atlanta has absolutely dog shit. Nothing. Cordell Patterson is dust. Mike Davis, non-factor. Matt Ryan is old and decrepit. Kyle, Calvin Ridley's off wandering the wilderness. And Kyle Pitts may not play. There's nothing here, Matt. So this could be a 24 nothing shutout if you think the Saints offense has a chance. So there you go. Bet the under there. My upset of the week, I mean, there's a ton of opportunities for upsets. There really are. A lot of teams fighting it out and duking it out, which is why week 18 is a big week. And just crazy that people don't, play it uh, in fantasy, but I'll go with Seattle over Arizona. I don't believe in the Cardinals. The Cardinals have been shitty at home, believe it or not. it's one of those weird things where they're just, the Cardinals have not been good at home recently this year. Why that is, I can't really explain it, but uh, they're just not getting it done. There had a great game against not great game, great outcome. They didn't play very well. Kyler tucked it into his pants, uh, as well. He's just a cowardly, little lion, but I think Seattle final game, they played motivated football last week. Yes. It was against the lions, but I I think they could upset the Cardinals at home this week. So uh, there you go. And um, yeah, that was it. I think the, uh, the Cardinals beat the Seahawks in Seattle, but the 23 13 back in week 11. But I think Seattle Seahawks could get it done this time around. That's going to do it, everybody, for episode 99. Holy shit. We hit the century mark next week. Something, unfortunately, Betty White couldn't do. RIP Betty White, for sure. Uh, classic. By the way, a little tidbit, pop culture tidbit. Think of, Chew on this. Tell this to your wife. Your wives and girlfriends will love this one. Did you know that the... Golden Girls, Betty White and Rue, uh, B. Arthur and whoever played Rue, the, when they were on the Golden Girls, when the Golden Girls started, they were the same ages. Actually, technically, two of them were two years younger than the combined ages of the three main characters in the Sex and the City reboot. Those old hags are all in their mid fifties. And so it just shows you how times have changed. Now they're talking about single gals being 55 year old in New York city and mo- m- you know meandering around. Meanwhile, the other ones were old ladies in the golden girls, just weird. How times have changed. Tell your wives and girlfriends that one, they will love it. That's going to do it. Episode 99 in the books, everybody. Thank you for downloading. Don't forget our secret word sock S O C K use it in a sentence. Get in the Elite Sports and One Man's Opinion Listener League. I will be handing out my own prizes. There's cash, there's free subscriptions, uh, maybe even some swag. Oh, do we have swag? Check that announcement out in a couple episodes from now. Follow me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. That's it for us. Remember folks, you may disagree with some or all that you heard on today's episode and it's perfect all right why because it was one man's opinion we'll see you next time everybody